Hey everybody, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot live on 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my uh, Sunday D&D game. In this case, uh, don't mind the echo, in this case I'm going to be running a homebrew Eberron campaign known as the Second Morning. Everybody wanted it to be called the Morning After but now I've already made everything for it, so we're calling it the second morning. Uh, this show is brought to you by the fine backers of Sly Flourish on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash slyflourish, you too can help back shows like this and help support the website and help cover all of the costs that it takes to keep the Sly Flourish empire alive. Uh, if you are a Patreon backer, thank you very much for your support. And if you are not, uh, you can take a look at it. And otherwise, you can enjoy all of the things that uh, we produce here at Sly Flourish. When I say we, I mean me. So, uh, last game, first of all, you know, I hope everybody's having an okay week, given everything that's been going on, and uh, things have been going okay here, if anybody uh, cares, and uh, yeah, things have been fine, Uh, I've been home, uh, and really, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about how we run games online. This is obviously a time, my hope is that everybody who had a home game is figuring out how to get their game to run remotely. So I am hoping that uh, everybody takes the opportunity, takes the, takes the time to figure out how to play online. And one of the things I want to do on the Sly Flourish website and here and elsewhere is help people make the transition from home games or in-store or live and in-person games to online games while we are unable to meet in person. Obviously, meeting in person for me anyway, I think is ideal. Uh, but there are some advantages to running online as well. And we're going to talk about some of those over the days and weeks to come. So uh, let's see. What else? What other, what other news? Yes. Yeah, so last week was my session zero of, uh, of my... Um, Eberron campaign, uh, the second morning. So we, and it was the first time that my normally in-store group met online and we used uh, Discord for our game and it worked well. It worked very well. In fact, it's my, I think of all of the different ways that I've tried playing D&D online and I've tried a whole bunch. Uh, I think that my current favored solution is uh, running on Discord period. And there are a couple of tricks that uh, for, for running on Discord that I think can work well. And um, yeah, so there's a bunch of different options. Then the obvious question is, well, why not Roll20? Uh, Roll20 is very popular. Lots of people use Roll20. I have used Roll20 in the past. And uh, I find that it is, uh, it's hard to use. And uh, there's a lot of settings and there's a lot of weird bits. Uh, but the other, another big reason why I don't use Roll20 is that some of my players are totally not used to playing online at all. They don't even have computers at home that they can really use to do it. So they're playing off of their phone. The nice thing about Discord is you can load it on your phone and you can run it on your phone. And you just set your phone on the table next to you and you have your dice and you have your, your player's handbook and you have everything else you need in front of you like you would be at an in-store game, only you've got a phone sitting there and you're talking through your phone. So, um, yeah, so that, that is certainly, uh, it's easier, frankly, to just get people to connect an audio over Discord and run that way. Uh, there are some other tricks though for sharing like images and sharing maps and sharing some other things. Some of the things that you might do in Roll20, handouts and the like, that you can still do over Discord by dropping it into the text channel, which is what I plan to do today. And then there's another trick and I'm gonna probably, I'm gonna try it and I'm going to, um, 
I, I experimented a little bit with it on Wednesday with my Wednesday group. Um, and that is using the broadcast feature of Discord to broadcast a local screen that the DM is using to uh, show a map and to manipulate tokens. And I've had other friends and I've talked to other people who actually will bring up a layered image editor, something like Photoshop or GIMP or um, uh, Photoshop or GIMP, or uh, I'm using a program called Pixelmator on my Mac. And you can set up layers. So you can put a map down on there, either a full-size map or like an encounter map. You can put a, a black layer over the top of it. And then you can start to delete the black layer that treats like a fog of war. And then you can drop a token, one layer per token, one token per layer. And you can drop all the character tokens and all of the monster tokens. And you can use a bunch of generic monster tokens. I set up about 40 different generic monster tokens that I just have off to the side. And then as a DM, I can move those all into position. I can show where everybody's at. And then I can use the broadcast feature of Discord to show that to everybody else, whether they're on a phone or a tablet or a PC, they can see what's going on. The trick there is that they can't move their own tokens. They have to describe it. But with numbered generic monster tokens, they can usually say, like, I want to be, you know, uh, you know, one square east of, um, the, uh, of cultist number two. And then you can kind of move things around. So if you really need to get tactical, you can do that. I'm probably going to keep that tactical side down and instead try to focus on theater of the mind as much as possible but using screenshots of maps to show people like this is what the junction looks like you know you, you're you're in a hallway that's traveling south and you see that there are two hallways leading off to the north and south and there's a set of double doors to the to the directly to the south i can grab a screenshot of that paste it in the discord chat and and show what it looks like so that's how i'm going to try it uh today and that way my my players sorry my mic is about to fall off its stand um, my players don't need any other client software and they don't need to learn anything other than Discord, which I think is an advantage for my players who are not used to playing over, um, uh, they're not used to playing online and they're not necessarily all computer savvy either. Um, I've had players in my other game where, you know, ba- computer basics are, are a challenge. So, and you know, that's not an insult to them. That's not everybody is, spends all their time messing around with computers. And uh, just to get them onto Discord and get the audio working was enough of a challenge. And the last thing we want to do is try to explain how to set up a character in, in Roll20 and everything like that. Um, that said, a lot of people really like Roll20. And if you and your group are into it, then, you know, go with the gods. Uh, I will recommend another little tool that I tried out yesterday called Beyond20, which is a Chrome extension that you can uh, use to uh, essentially put a Roll20 button next to all of the attacks or spells or whatever in your D&D Beyond character sheet. And when you click them, it goes straight into the Roll20 text interface so that way you can have roll 20 and dnd beyond up and you don't have to load your character into um you don't have to load your character up into uh, uh roll 20 you can use your dnd beyond stuff and it works very well so that i tried that yesterday for a little bit and um while i still struggle with roll 20 um oh it works for chrome and firefox okay i, I only knew about the chrome extension and yeah and it's a chrome extension it's called beyond 20 if you want to try that out. So if you are into Roll20, but your players are into D&D Beyond, that is a good way to capitalize off of the fact that you have books and characters and everything in D&D Beyond, but still use Roll20 uh, as your uh, tactical uh, tactical battle map interface. So anyway, yeah, uh, I've been spending, I spent a lot of time last week uh, researching, talking to people, listening to videos, watching stuff to try to get a better understanding of how online play is used, what the most common tools are. I have an article that's going to come out Monday. Uh, I've thrown the article around to lots of people to take a look at. Hey, my mom is here. Hello, mom. And um, I had a lot of people take a look at it to try to uh, see, like, am I covering most of the big bases? There's, there's really 
so many different ways to play D&D online. Um, I didn't cover them all, but I tried to cover like a lot of the big ones. So it's like, what are the most common chat tools that people use? Um, most of, I think all of them were free except one. I think Zoom is the only one that isn't free, but Zoom is a really powerful one. So, um, uh, Zoom is included there as well. And then like, what are other tools that people use to do visuals? And it's like, um, uh, you know, Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds. And, uh, I don't think I have map tools on there, but map tools is another one that's pretty popular. And then there's a whole list of other ones. And then I link to other sites where they have whole lists of other tools. So there's lots of different things to try and it's probably worth trying out, but it's also important to, uh, just try to keep the barrier to entry very easy, particularly for players who are not used to playing online. And since we are kind of forced into it, it's a lot of us these days, it's either we play online or we don't play. And that sucks, but here we are. So how do we get people in as easily as possible? And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter who said like, well, I'm just not into online play. So our game is on hiatus. And I saw a poll, I think empty black, I think it was empty black that ran a poll recently. And it showed that basically 20% of the people who responded to his poll said that their game is on hiatus because of, because of the coronavirus situation. And that just makes me very sad because uh, social interaction is so desperately important to our health. It's so important. And I, th- I always feel like D and D is a huge way for us to main, you know, keep our social connections and get, it gives us a really great excuse to just get together with our friends and, and relax. And, uh, if people are losing that now, it's even, I think it's doubly exasperated. Like we're already socially cut off because of the whole coronavirus situation. And then we're cutting ourselves off again by putting our game on hold, which is why I think it's really, really important to um, uh, uh, to try to figure out how to play online, even though we don't, we many of us may not want to. Uh, we're we're here, and I I think we you know I think as a DM, if you guys are DMs out there, you know normally I am not dictatorial about you should do whatever because we all have different lives and different experiences, and I'm sure there's reasons why you can't. Uh, and but if you have the opportunity, push yourself to try to set up your games online. Because it's important to you, it's important to your players, it's important to all of us to try to maintain the games, even though we have this crazy situation that we're in. So expect me to talk more about running online play. Expect a lot of stuff out of the Slight Flourish side of things. I'll probably put videos and articles. I know I have at least two articles in the queue to talk about how best to play online and some of the easier tools to play online. And uh, and it's how we're playing today. So yeah, so let's talk about my Eberron game so last week, uh, we had our session zero and probably most important, uh, and I should put in here is that they selected their group patron, which is, uh, the explorers guild. Uh, what are they called? You know, you'd, you'd think I would have, you'd think I'd have, I'd have, I'd have written it down. Uh, and I did write, I know who I'm talking about. I just don't remember the exact name. So let's go to, uh, I am, I got my book right here and sometimes it's just easier to. Go through the book. Uh, they are the the Finders Guild. Page 85 of the book uh, is about the Finders Guild. Uh, across Corvair, the Inquisitives of House Tharakish. So House Tharakish is sort of the owners of the Finders Guild. They, they, you know, but, but, but really, the Finders Guild is not just people on House Tharakish. Um, so Finders Guild and House. Uh, and I'm totally, I think it's Tharakish. I'm going to Tharashk. It's a hell of a name. T-H-A-R-A-S-H-K. T-H-A-R-A-S-K. So that is their group. Uh, that is their group patron. And this helped solidify 
stuff a lot. Um, this helps me kind of wrap my head around it. It, it means that I can immediately uh, create a fun NPC. Uh, so uh, I think, you know, uh, an NPC we had talked about last time. I'm, I'm zipping down, but just because it's in mind. So uh, uh, so I think we have, we're going to have a new um, NPC. And I think it's going to be a half orc. Uh, we're going to switch genders because I was like switching genders. Uh, so we have female half orc who's based on Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And her name is going to be what? Uh, let's drop in here and go to names. Bink names. Where is my names? There we go. Um, uh, Dorcas, Doris, D-O-R-A-S would be a fun one. Uh, Doris Glory Seeker, Doris the Seeker. I think that's a good name, right? Do we like that name, people in chat? Uh, so she is a, you know, um, probably in her fifties or related. I don't know. I think half orcs have about the same life expectancy of, uh, um, uh, they have about the same life expectancy as a, uh, human does. So she's probably in her fifties. She's been an explorer. She's an actual member of house Thrashk. She's probably a dragon mark. Do we think she's a dragon mark? So her Doris, and then we do the uh, whoops. Doris Thrashk, uh, the Seeker, a female half orc, solid from her fifties, uh, retired from her own explorations, right? Uh, and one of the things I kind of dig is the idea that she always dresses up as though she's ready to, uh, and for her, it's marketing. She's always dressed as though she's ready to explore, but for her, it's marketing, right? It's what people expect. Uh, from the Finders Guild. So, and she's head of the, she's head of the Sharn, um, is she head of the Sharn Finders, Finders Guild or she's one of the, she's like a junior partner of the Finders Guild, but she's dragon marked. So I think we'll make her somewhat important. Head of the Finders Guild in Sharn. Um, so uh, I think that'll be a fun NPC uh, to build. Like I didn't, you know, it's nice to take a little bit of time and build an NPC once you know that it's somebody that's actually going to come and play. One thing I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to do is have fewer NPCs than I had in Salt Marsh. I think it's fine to have, um, I'm distracted by my window. Uh, I think it is fine to have um, a fair number of NPCs for people to chew on, but like three to five is good at a, at a time. And, and when they switch locations, you know, that's when three to five 
probably change things up. Um, she has 27 go bags uh, scattered around. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. She would. She she kind of wants to get out there. She probably has like, you know, a wound or something, right? There's some reason that she, you know, or or she just, I don't know. Maybe she's just bitter about, you know, she doesn't go out and explore herself. And, um, yeah, so somebody says, what is she seeking? That's a very good question. What is her, what is her drive and motivation? Her drive and motivation is to is, you know, keep the Finders Guild up and running. But um, I think uh, skating where the puck is going to be is like a big thing. Where, go, you know, go where others will be tomorrow. So she wants to get there. She wants to find out about what people are doing now so that you can get ahead of it because she thinks that there's value in, in this. Um, and, and we'll see. So right now the whole, you know, I don't know that she knows yet that um, a bunch of different groups inside Sharn, a bunch of different houses and everything are trying to find out what occurred for the last war uh, and trying to get it. But for her, it's like, you know, our goal isn't necessarily to get a hold of this thing, but it's to make sure that no one else does. So we don't want the weapon, but we want to make sure no one else has it either. I think that's a good motivation. That's a strong one. Okay, so let's talk about our characters. Uh, so uh, we had a very good session where people talked about their characters. There was some shifting around. Um, so we have uh, Z, a uh, scribing gnome artificer. Uh, father was a famous hero. Um, got has a dodecahedron, uh, a dodecahedron that she got from her father. Uh, that says, "When you're smart enough to open it, you will." Um, and she is a latent dragon mark from House Civis. Um, she was, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how that happened, but she has like a connection to House Civis that's a few generations back, but um, the dragon mark manifested. Um, we have Juliet, who is playing Shift. Uh, Z is being played by Jerry. Juliet is playing Shift, who is a Warforged Warlock Pact of the Undying. So her, she's actually a early prototype uh, warforged, um, probably illegally made back during the war, in which they actually took humans and experimented with life extension and expansion and uh, changed and modified her body significantly. So think very sort of Eberron cyberpunky. You know, uh, internal organs were replaced. You know, other other parts of her body were were shifted, um, and her goal is to try to reconnect with her lost humanity during this. And uh, an agent from House Kenneth Kenneth uh, created her, but doesn't know why she lives. That there's some reason why she's still alive, and she doesn't know why. And that the thing that drives her to still live is this pact that she has with the Undying. And I know, I know the secret about who her patron really is, but I think I'm going to hang on to it. I don't want to, I don't even want to say, uh, but you know, you might be able to guess. So, um, yeah, so she, her pact of the undying and like, she's driven by this. And, you know, I, one of the things that I think is important with warlocks and I've run this in, I had a bunch of warlocks in my salt marsh campaign. Um, I am not, yes. Sark, snark, I says, I am not volunteering that information right now not volunteering it at all i refuse to volunteer it so um 
the uh, uh, the thing the trick about warlocks is that they don't have to agree with their patrons, right? The the, the concept that you have a patron. You know, if your patron is uh, the Arch Fey, you don't have to like the Arch Fey. Or if it's the Fiend, right? You don't have to like the Fiend. They drive your power, but you can still actually go directly against them. So, um, yeah, so that's a neat, a neat sort of trick. So, uh, yeah, more to more to come on that. But she uh, uh, shift is a good uh, character to kind of tug on the Warforge side with, particularly because she is kind of a Warforge, but kind of not. And the Warforge don't really know what to make of her, and nor do humans and everything else. Uh, we have Saber being played by Brian. Uh, we don't really have much of a background on on, on Saber yet, um, but Saber is a long tooth long tooth shifter monk and bounty hunter. So um, you know, prob- certainly a, a a good strong connection to um, uh, to the Finders Guild uh, can can work there. Uh, Finders Guild definitely needs. So then, some characters uh, have backstory that goes on for days. Not really, not on for days, but um, fair bit of backstory. Uh, and one of those is Shane. Shane Husk is a hobgoblin wizard, a crime novelist who wrote a best-selling book about the Mornland and wants to see if they can write it again. Um, they uh, served with the heirs of the uh, the the Dakan as a military strategist and historian. They have a sage background, uh, and the ancestors fought in the Great War. Uh, they retired early for a career change to follow the passions of mystery and military history novel writing, uh, like Michael Connelly, Tom Clancy, and whatnot. And their goal is to um, uh, uh, join House Thrashka as a consultant and attaché, get some frontline experience. Currently looking to find source material for a second book and enjoying. I probably don't, I, you know, so I could probably just copy. Um, that's fine. Uh, joined House Thrashka and a consultant attaché. Um, Currently looking to find source material for a second book and enjoying a, a lengthy junket, which fans have been eagerly waiting for. Taking a while, fans are getting rather impatient. Um, instantly recognizable with an ornate staff, weathered fedora, and long trench coat. Uh, to this end, I've asked to join the Inquisitor's Guild to find source material in the next rate novel. Uh, so that is um, Shane Husk, the novelist. Um, we have Banner. Uh, Banner is a Warforged Paladin of the Becoming God. Uh, Oath of Devotion, Vengeance, or Redemption. Yeah, it could easily be one of these. Fought for years in the last war, but grew weary. I probably don't, I don't need that section. I don't care what Oath he is. Uh, fought for years in the last war, but grew weary with being used by the fleshies. Uh, who ground his kind? I don't know if I like the word fleshies. Uh, who ground his kind into? The, uh, who ground his kind into the ground? With war's end, they linked up with the Lord of Blades forces, ministering the Warforge ossuary in the Mornland. They abandoned the Lord of Blades because of his rigid dogma and single-minded cruelty towards the Fleshborn. Uh, we'll go with Fleshborn. Um. Uh, they can't seem to run out of horrors that help perpetrate slaughter whole villages. So when they when when Banner saw the Lord of Blades murdering non-Warforged, uh, they left um, until they discovered the premise of becoming God and joined the Godforged. Now they search Corvair for the components of the Godhead itself uh, for their own soul. Certainly could both be found in the Mornland. So they're ex-Lord uh, of Blades and... Um, uh, yeah, so that could that could work well. So those are the characters. Um, so I'm missing one of my players. Uh, was we were trying to get him connected on Discord, and he couldn't get to connected, and he left, and I have not been able to get him since. So I think he might be very busy. Um, a lot of things going on uh, with the whole coronavirus thing. So uh, hopefully I could get back in touch with him, but I have not seen him uh, or heard from him since uh, that game. But hopefully he will be joining back in. 
so that is where we th- – those are the characters. So the the session ended uh, last time with them – oh, so yeah, let me do a quick summary of the game uh, from last session. So they started on the lightning rail and they were roaring across and three warforged – uh, sinister-looking warforged. They were they were there to meet Murdo Gemsuther, an agent of the king who knows that various factions have gotten stirred up, and that that there's a lot of you know people are seeking a lot of things. I thought she would. She's been on the payroll of the um, Finders Guild, and she said, "Hey, I just want to let you know that there's these different groups that are going out there. They have activated. Uh, they have activated agents of." Um, uh, the dark, uh, dark night lantern, dark light lanterns, the dark lanterns, lights, dark lanterns, lights, dark lanterns, right. Uh, have been activated. That is a secret, uh, that we should pass along. Uh, um, mercenary groups, large mercenary groups are on the move. Um, uh, scholars of the university have been sequestered. Um, King's Dark Lanterns, is that right? King's. Uh, um, who else? Uh, obviously, the the escalation of Lord of Blades. Um, in Breland, but, and now even in, uh, in Sharn. Um, who else? So like, this is one of those things where, uh, we set up the pool table and we have our cue ball and there's a bunch of balls and go bang and we watch all the balls go moving. So they're seeing all these balls moving, all these different groups. Um, the, you know, uh, uh, who else, who else has gotten stirred up? Uh, many jobs coming into the Finders Guild from, and who is the, ah, oh, damn it. It's in my villains list. Uh, where are my villains? I know I wrote villains down here. Uh, the Aurum. Uh, and I think that's probably the hook I'm going to, I'm going to grab onto the most. Um, so the Aurum, uh, and let's, so, so, uh, where, where do we find the Aurum? Uh, are they in the, I can't remember if they're, let's, let's, you know, searching in a big paper book is hard. But let's go over to here and go to our D&D Beyond and pop open a search. Aurum. Aurum Missions. Hey, look at this. So that's Rising from the Last War. That's the right book, right? Yeah. Now that there's two Eberron books, I get confused. Uh, so the Aurum. Oh, look. There's Aurum NPCs. Um. An Orm Concordian is renowned for having the finest arcane library in Corvair. Adventurers might help them collect more tome. I like this one. We're going to grab this one. So we need an Orm, a new NPC. Um, and uh, let's do like a fun, 
let's look at NPC generator. Let's go to, uh, I always like uh, Donjon for my, when I need a random thing that I don't happen to have a tool for, I go to Donjon. Um, let's see. And do they have an NPC generator? They have like a random generator. Where's the fan random generator? This is like everything. NPCs, perfect. See, it starts with NPCs. Whoops, I totally screwed up the window. Um, uh, female elf wizard, neutral. Yeah, I like this one. So we're going to go with her. She, Lyra is her name. Um, bang. Whoops. Female elf, uh, wizard, uh, I don't even know what Concordian means. St what the hell are sturdy clothes? Um, uh, plain, but quality clothes. And she, ancient lore. Um, and ancient tomes, right? So, uh, I need a last name for Lyra here. Uh, in this case, we'll go to my random name generator. Willow Sorcerer. Uh, I like Willow. Willow's pretty good. Willow Song. Lyra Willow Song. That's nice. And she... Um, uh, I triggered Siri. Sorry. Lyra. Um, I don't know how I did that. So, female elf wizard, Orem Concordia, neutral. Uh, she... Uh, and has the Finders Guild on Retainer. That's a good NPC. Yeah, uh, sorry, so I, I, I skipped. I started getting into stuff again. So um, so they were on the Lightning Rail. Uh, three Warforged uh, tried to blow up the Lightning Rail with a big fireball bomb. The characters um, threw, I think they threw the guy out of the side, and he uh, blew up and died. And... Um, but they could tell that like something um, um, they they you know something wasn't right about them, so they were all shouting about the Lord of Blaze before they were blowing up the car um, and then the characters got out there and they met with their uh the contact uh Murdo Gemsoother, and Murdo um said we need to go meet on a platform and and talk, and she kind of told them a little bit about hey. A lot of crazy things are going on, but we only did it. Yeah. So we were only there for about an hour of, of the adventure. So, um, uh, we have, uh, we're, we're kind of starting there. So I have room for my strong start. And, uh, so I think that there is a list of sort of random occurrences in Sharn, like things that can happen when you wander around Sharn. Um, If anybody knows, uh, there's a whole section on falling, a whole random sort of falling thing. I wonder, is there a Sharn version? You know what they need? One of those Guild Adepts ought to get on this, and maybe they already have, uh, is a Encounters in Sharn uh, book that is similar to the uh, Waterdeep. And if I don't find one, um, Wayfinder's Guide? What is the Wayfinder's Guide? I don't know about that. There is a lot of 
interesting things, but I need like random occurrences in Sharn, weird things that happen. Oh, let's take a, take a look at this. He's not your problem. Has a thing. Uh, encounters in Sharn. Hey, look at that. Yeah, and it lo- looks like it was done by the adepts. And hell, I probably already own this. <laughs> uh, let's take a look. Well, let me log in here. You know what? We're going to drag just in case. I don't think my password gets exposed, but I don't want to expose my password on live on Twitch. So we're going to just do this in a different window. You guys can't see. Uh, I am. I must have this. If I don't have this, yeah, I have purchased this product. Um, this looks like a good. Let's let's stick this in the notes. Um, I presume this was done uh, a while ago. Uh, oh yes, I remember why this didn't grab me. And it didn't grab me because it's about encounters. I mean, it's it's like it's like tiny adventures. Um, sorry, am I, I don't think I'm showing this. Uh, let's bring it over here. Um, so they're all a bunch of specific encounters, right? Like kind of bigger things. And I I don't need a specific encounter. Uh, I need. Um, like small seeds, right? Like these are sort of full adventures that you can, which is fine. And it's a different style. Um, I guess they're like one page each. They're not, they're not bad. Uh, but they're bigger than I need, right? What I was looking for is something on the order of um, just like a weird, a weird thing that occurs. Uh, I'm not going to keep that up just so uh, people copy it or whatever. Uh, Wayfinder's Guide, page 158, has 120 street moments. That sounds good. 158. Thank you. Thank you for looking at that. 158. 78. Uh, are you sure that's 158? Wayfinder's Guide. Is that not in the... Um, oh, here we go. So here are... Uh, I found it. So page 240 has uh, a bunch of different uh, things. So they're not in the skyway. So we're going to say an upper Sharn, um, uh, an upper Sharn stuff. And let's uh, pull out the dice. I've got my nice dice set here that I'm going to be using. And let's just see if I, something comes up. I really love, pardon all the banging around. Uh, I really love... Um, seeding adventures with some random ideas 24 uh 24 a harpy decked out in colorful ribbons flies overhead calling get the best deals on adventuring gear at old claggins in clifftop uh that's pretty cool what if the harpy is also a, you know a trick uh so i i dig that um where am i i'm lost i have too many windows open but a harpy might be a fun uh, oh, let me turn that off. Uh, manage extensions. It's funny that it, it uh, kept that extension. 
So you can see this is how you can click a thing and it throws it right in D&D Beyond. But I don't need that right now. Um, a harpy would be a good... Um, Uh, I think I like it. I like this strong start. And who does this harpy belong to? And why do they want it? So here's here's the tricks. Right, wait, am I back on here? Um, so the strong start is harpy uh, shouting. And what we say? Uh, Uh, I could probably just steal this straight from the book, so let's make my life a little easier. <laughs> Oops. There we go. Uh, grab that, stick it right in here. Uh, So this, uh, the Harpy is a secret agent of who, and why are they going after uh, Murdo? Um, so Murdo, so the, the question is, who would, who would want to go after Murdo? And um, so Murdo is probably pretty well known. She's a, um, uh, she's an agent of the king. So people who are against the king wouldn't like her. Um, house, could she be a, a House Thrash? Or what's the Tarkanon, right? Could she be an agent of House Tarkanon? Is this a time to tug on the villains? Who could the villains be? Um, we could leave it a mystery, but how much of a mystery should it be? So perhaps... It was one of the inner circle of the Aurum that sent him. You know, um, I don't think the Emerald Claw would care that much when we look at our villains. Uh, let's see. We'll delete that. Uh, I could delete that. Delete that. Delete that. I don't need any of that stuff. It's all old material. Um, uh, Siren agents. Well, who are the, who's the bestial? Um, there's a, what are they called? The, you know, this, so one, one hard part that I have is like, I'm trying my best, but this is like a 300 page book. There's a lot going on in here and it's real hard for me to sort of keep, you know, keep everything together. Um, the Derek here. So there's sort of a, who's the, who's the Droam? Who's Droam? I get confused about all the different, you know, sort of groups. Um, uh, so Droam are monsters. Droam is the monster nation. So what's the Droam and Sharn doing? Um, uh, let's go back here. I thought Droam was the, yeah. Uh, nation of monsters, daughter of Sorakal. Uh, that's very cool. So, uh, and the Droam and Sharn, right? They have a quarter where Lower Dura. Um, 
Balance Gate is home to the Goblins of Sharn along with monstrous immigrants from Drom and Dargaran. Um, so Lower Dura, you know, probably. Um, uh, there's a Sharn group for Drawam. Um, and you said uh, Dask. What's up with Dask? Um, uh, is Dask a ward? What is Dask? Oh, they're a criminal group. Okay. Um, yeah, perfect. Okay, sorry. Uh, I guess we're all figuring this stuff out together. So we have a harpy. Uh, agent of Dask from Droam. Uh, was hired by someone to kill uh, Murdo. Um, there's a map for the cogs in the book where the, where the, the Dask are based. If you happen to find a page number for that, that would be awesome. Um, I don't even know what book I'm in. Am I in the right book? Uh, I think I'm in the right book. Yeah. So there are a bunch of maps. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe we'll take a quick look at those, uh, as I get through, uh, the rest of this. So. Um, yeah, so that's our strong start, right? Is a harpy decked out, goes after Murdo, uh, and has, um, which is like three nail or yeah, of, of the, of the drawam, right? Uh, which is three nails representing the three hags. Page 251. Thank you. He's not your problem. You're awesome. 251. I can't read over my microphone. Oh, yeah. So the, the Dask, yeah, there's a whole Dask villainous thing. So, um, oh, and there's Dask NPCs. Very cool. Gobinoids, human shifters, other humanoids recruited a population of Sharn, Drom, soldiers that make up the core of the organization. Changing heart. Hey, look, harpies. Yay. So I think in secret, though, she is not a... Um... Hey, look, Dask Harpies raided Skyway Mansion and tear the place apart looking for Bormer clan members. Um, so I think she was hired, though. She's, you know, she's a secret agent. But this can kind of get us tied into the Dask. Uh, so we have... Some, what, what are we... Some secrets about the Dask, right? So... Is Drom now one of the five nations? Sorry, remind me. Uh, uh, here we go. Drom. Once Drom was a wild frontier that marked the edge of civilized Korea. Today is home to one of the strangest nations in the continent. Uh, da, da, da. 
uh, building a society. Are they um, uh, are they one of the signatories, or are they not a signatory? They were not invited to the treaty. Very good. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. It's so, I don't know how anybody else preps for a game without having a bunch of people that they can chat with. Uh, by the way, so I will give you an idea. Uh, if you don't have a Twitch channel that gets 50 people to show up on a Sunday morning <laughs> to, to watch you prep, and you're curious, like, how to do this sort of thing, this sort of collaborative, how do we do this? Uh, the D&D Beyond Discord channel has a DM section that's pretty active, and you can go there and try ideas. I don't know why I'm pitching that first, but another one is my, uh, so I have a Sly Flourish Discord channel as well. I should put the link in the notes. I don't have it in links and link in the notes, but there is a, a Sly Flourish Discord channel and uh, a bunch of people in there hang out, a bunch of people that are here in the chat hang out there. So if you want to kind of draw ideas about how to run a campaign, that is a fine place to do it. Uh, Discord is a great opportunity, great way to, to get sort of real time, find big D&D so that there, um, what's his name? Matt Colville has one too, I'm sure. There's a whole, hell, there's probably an Eberron one uh, for all I know. And it's, it's a great way to kind of get a bunch of people to sort of clue in on, you know, hey, I'm trying to run an Eberron campaign. I have this idea. What should I do? And a lot of people would be willing to kind of give information. So um, I'm doing it here on Twitch and that works great for me. Uh, but if you uh, want to do it and not have a Twitch channel, you can do it just by dropping in one of the Discord channels. And I bet you would, uh, I bet you get it. Um, there is an Eberron one. I bet. Yeah. And I wonder, the key is you want to find a, a channel that's active enough that you can get a fair bit of responses back. So Harpy decked out in colorful room, flies over calling, get the best deals in the adventuring gear and old claggins and clifftop. The Harpy then sees, um, uh, sees Murdo drops down, tries to charm her to get her to throw herself off the cliff. Um, Oh, there's the link to slice discord. Thank you. Uh, and um, tries to kill uh, Murto. And then the secret includes Droam is an empire of monsters that was not invited to the treaty. Uh, it is ruled by three hags. Uh, the Dask criminal uh, group uh, with monstrous members uh, that operates out of uh, the, uh, where do they, let's see. Uh, Dask, from a monstrous immigrants to, from Droam, Dask has been building its power in Kyber's Gate and Melon's Gate districts of Sharn, Kyber's Gate. Um, for the last 10 years. Uh, thank you. Uh, Shalrath42 is posting links in Twitch to uh, the, my, the Sly Flourish Discord channel and the DD Beyond Discord channel. Um, uh, thank you for that. Um, monstrous members from the I say uh, immigrants from drum 
So that talks about what Dask is, and we have a couple of DROM stuff. Um, but the secret is, uh, so what's the Harpy's name? Clash? Uh, Crash? Monster name generator. Fantasy name generators. Monster names. Uh, why does this not work? I'm sure. There we go. Uh, Gloom. Uh, these are terrible names. This is not what I was looking for. Let's go. What is that? Oh, that's me. Uh, let's go to names. See if uh, Juniper. I'll go with Juniper. And the secret is that Juniper, the harpy, was hired by someone and did not act on behalf of Dask. Um, Hired by an agent, by a uh, human with a, um, what did the Emerald Claw, uh, yeah, with a, with a old, with a burning green hand. Uh, Emerald Claw. So I'm driving heavy into secrets, and this is my 11th secret, so we're going to stop after this. Uh, the Emerald Claw has long since been disbanded. Its members are often mercenaries, cutthroats, um, or seedy bodyguards. Um, cool. So those are my secrets. So I've got a good, strong start. Uh, scenes. So, um, what scenes could occur? I want to kind of give some options so they can still, uh, go to, uh, nevermind the bar. Uh, Uh, they can go there and ask about the beast. The beast was the name of, um, one of the, uh, thank you for subscribing, by the way, uh, for those of you with Twitch prime, thank you for subscribing to the, to the channel. I appreciate it. Um, Jarvis 18 just subscribed. Um, so yeah, so they recognized one of the, uh, they recognize one of the Warforged as a big, powerful Warforged named Beast who is part of the Lord of Blades, uh, but a long time ago. The secret is that he didn't have anything to do with it. So they could go to the Nevermind and investigate the fallen Warforged Beast. Uh, they could go to... Um, um, Kyber's Gate uh, to investigate... Um, uh, Juniper. 
um, they could take the job uh, from uh, Doris to uh, go to the ruins of an, uh, gods. Oh, let me look it up in here. I never know whether it's faster to look stuff up in the book or to look it up online, but we're going to go online. Um, oops, sources, source books. There's just a lot to absorb here. So we're the gods. Uh, there we go, sovereign host. So there is a Auron, right? Uh, law and lore to the ruins. Um, um, and Fallen, right? Fallen is the name of the place. Um, if I recall, uh, rising from the last war, Fallen. Fallen District in Lower Dura, once once known as God's Gate, but one of the towers collapsed on it. Shrines and statues. And there is a ruin to uh, an old um, temple. And there is a book. Um, one of the Tomes of Making. Um, which is a book that uh, is one of the founding books of House Kenneth, uh, but is is long lost. So that can work. Uh, all right, we're going to put that on Do Not Disturb. Um, and uh, what else? So that is, I think those are three good areas. Uh, what could they, so they, they, you know, I, I need sort of a layer for, um, so I think this Dask, oh, so Dask has this huge dungeon, right? The hub, um, most popular gathering location is, uh, yeah, the hub. This could be a neat, a neat place for them to kind of explore. That's the map on page 251. Um. So we go to our locations. I've got secrets. So let's look at how we're doing on the, uh, on the, uh, with five minutes to go, uh, how we're doing on the lazy DM list. So we got the characters. Talked about that. We've got a strong start. We've got scenes. We've got secrets and clues. So fantastic locations. We're going to go with the hub. Uh, we have Nevermind, uh, Illusion, um, Warforged, Bar. Uh, it has a small, Fighting arena and a well. And a well going down to the cogs. Uh, the hub. Um, oh, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Um, uh, uh, burning heat. Uh, roaring furnaces, uh, monstrous totems. Uh, so we've got the hub, we've got Nevermind, and then the final location that we're going to do today. There's actually lots of like sub locations in these groups, and that's the Ruin Temple of uh, Aurum. 
I'm probably not spelling that right. Auron, A-U-R-E-O-N. Uh, and what does this have? Uh, large shattered statues. Um, uh, faulty arcane lighting. And uh, one other cool feature of this place. Um, well, it definitely has living spells. Uh, I guess that's fine. I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. So those are three locations. And then uh, the map that I want to use. So I have the cogs. Uh, uh, isn't there a... How do I look at this? A cog hub. Let's look at cog hub. Um, there we go. So we're going to open that up. Grab that and stick that in my, um, so I got that handy. And then, um, oh, this is my first. So we have the, uh, the first fantastic location is, um, this place, uh, which is one of the, uh, what do we call them? Call it the Overlook. And it's got beautiful plants, uh, low railings, and an incredible view. So I got that, and then um, the hub. I've got a map for that, and then never mind. I don't really need a map of, and then uh, the Temple of Oron. So this is one where I really liked a map Dyson had done. You know, I can never like grab a go to Dyson's page and not find a map that I love. Uh, and was this one? It? This is it. I love this map. I've been toying with this map all. Um, so that's a real good one. So we're gonna grab that one, and that's the ruined temple of Oron. So we're good there. Uh, monsters. I need some monsters. So we have the harpy. Uh, living spell. So you have burning hands, uh, living magic missiles. Uh, we're going to have gray oozes. Um, we're going to have uh, bandits, thugs, um, an acolyte. These are like uh, probably Emerald Claw or uh, House the Rask. Um, these are sort of the monsters. Uh, so these are monsters that, um, are in, um, uh, I'm never going to get that right. Hey, I got it right. That's amazing. Uh, so then in the, never mind, it's going to be Warforged, uh, thugs, bandits. Don't really need much of anything there. And then in the, um, what's it called? Uh, the cogs. We have, uh, somebody said ogres. So ogre. Uh, hobgoblins. Um, uh, goblins. And what are they? The nice bestial monsters. That, that kind of semi-intelligent bestial monsters. 
Um, that might be fun. Um, I don't know. Displacer Beast. These guys are level one. I'll probably get to level two today. Um, but they're like level one. So I don't think we want to have very much. Even an ogre. Uh, Bugbears. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think we're good. We're good there. And there'll be like an ogre who's kind of in charge and, and has like a... Uh, hobgoblins have a nation unifying them. So yeah, hobgoblins probably not. You're right. That doesn't work. Bugbears are a little bit better. Um, yeah, the ogre. I think so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not determining combat for any of these things. Uh, so we have a uh, artifact... Uh, a relic that casts shield once a day uh, that's carried by the people who are invading the Temple of Auron because they had to get past the magic missile, the living magic missile spells. Uh, what would be a cool relic? Let's go um, and look at relics. It is a chilling gnomish string of beads. Oh, that one's not so bad. What if it was limited, right? So it's sort of a... Um, It has five charges of shield on it. That's pretty good. I like that. So I got my treasure. So it is 11.02. Uh, I've got my monsters. I've got my treasure. I've got NPCs. I've got locations. I've got secrets and clues. I've got scenes. I've got a strong start. And I've got characters. So I think we're pretty good. I tell you, a strong start goes a long way. Um... Yeah, the low CR ooze is a gray ooze. Uh, and I'm going to have that in that big, you know, yeah. I like I like gray oozes a lot. They're way better than ochre jellies. Um, gray oozes can still eat your weapons, uh, but they are relatively low CR. I think they're CR one half or something like that. Let me take a look. Uh, uh, I should have just written gray ooze. They are CR one half, yes. Eight, 22 hit points, AC eight, um, but they don't have any of the immunities. They don't split. They're they're nice. They're good monsters. I like the gray use. Uh, yeah. So just curious for those of you in chat today, um, seeing the notes that I've got, do, would you feel like you could run with this? Do you feel like we have enough going on here that you, as a DM, could grab these notes and run a game? How do you guys feel about it? I'm curious. I'm always curious to know, like, lots of people come and say that they use the steps and that the steps work and they're happy and they run their games. Um, but in this case, I'm like, I'm curious. You know, I always talk about how I feel and I feel like, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to go. You know, I'll do a little bit of work. I'm a little nervous because I'm running online, right? And that's different for me. Um, uh, he's not your problem. He says, I probably have a couple of names on hand for folks at the Warforge bar. Yeah, I, I, um, I'll probably steal them from, I, I think my name generator uh, could work. Um, yeah, uh, Coleman72 says, uh, I could run it with it, but I'd be uncomfortable without upping my Eberron knowledge. Um, yeah, me too, right? So, like, I'm reading the book, and I, I just dug through Sharn, and my, my retention isn't great, but, like, I know about – I kind of know where there is stuff now. So if people are going to various districts, I know where the book is. I think understanding the organization of the book can help because it's okay to grab the book and start reading from it at the table. Like, you don't have to know everything all the time. It's more like, do you know where things are? And you know that you can look them up. So that whole like doing a quick search on, um, you know, doing a quick search for stuff I think can work. Like, you know, we're not 
like you know we're not running a perfectly a perfect performance here it's okay to stumble right it's okay to kind of go well hang on let me look that up right like we're all just playing here and i think we make our lives a little too hard sometimes um so uh yeah it looks good to me I like the notes motivation personality npcs quirks yes um, I'm thinking about making an uh, auto hockey script to pull a name by race from a list and paste it into my notes. That way I don't have to get caught off guard and have to fumble through a list. Yeah, I think having a list – like I, I keep – I have my random name list real handy. Uh, the the Xanathar's book, by the way, has some of the best random name lists you can use. So if you have Xanathar's on hand, it's a really good – it's a really good way to have the, the names. Um, He's not your problem. says, yeah, about Eberron knowledge. That's probably the hardest part is like I'm, I've run a couple of Eberron campaigns. I don't think I ever ran one that spent a significant amount of time in Sharn. So that's relatively new to me. But yeah, that's part of it is like I can I can monkey through Forgotten Realms stuff pretty easily now. I've been playing in the Forgotten Realms for like six years. Um, but uh, uh, Eberron, it's, you know, I've run a couple of campaigns and I know the basics you know, and I'm picking it up and we're all kind of picking it up as we go too. And I think that that's cool. Like we can expand on it and sort of learn and then, you know, make stuff up and, and make it true. So I think, I think that works. So there we are. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming today. I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, we will see how things go. And I hope that you guys in this strange time uh, that you folks can uh, get your groups online and manage to play some D and D. So have a great, have a great week. Good luck to all of you. Good luck to all of us. And we will, uh, I will see you guys again in a week. Thank you very much.